Okay, here we are. All right. So, hello, hello. So, I am Arian from Project She Went for Her Dreams and founder of the Mentor Circle. Today, I have with me one of my favorite people and a fellow mentor in the Mentor Circle. Um, it's Tumi Soyinka is joining us for today's call, and she's going to tell us a little bit about her journey and her career and a little bit of advice and tips on her career journey to help us out. So, uh, without further ado, hi, Tumi. Thank you for for joining us today. Honestly, thank you so much for having me, um, Ariane. I'm very excited about our conversation and super excited to be a mentor as part of the circle. Same here. So glad to have you part of the team. <laughs> so let's let's kick it off here. So tell us a little bit about your journey. So you work at L'Oreal and you head up the Mizani account there, which is super exciting and I want to hear more. So tell us a little bit how you landed in that role and sort of the steps it took to get there. It was the biggest mishmash ever. Um, you know, some people, you know, go to school, they study a certain thing, and that certain thing puts them in a specific in industry, a specific role, and it's all carved out perfectly. Mine did not work out that way. Um, so right now, to your point, I head marketing globally for um, a beautiful brand at L'Oreal called Mizani, which is all about servicing women who have textured hair, like me, like you. Mm -hmm. um, however, my background is actually music. My love and my passion growing up was always songwriting. I would, you know, I somewhere have piles of um, notebooks filled with songs that I had written and composed and mm -hmm. I decided to take that further and um, study it. So my first degree was in music technology because I had all these beautiful words on paper and I was composing with piano because I was a pianist. And what I wanted to know what it looks like to produce music. So um, I, I learned that for three years, got my degree down, loved it, um, did a lot of studio work, recorded an album, um, got the technical side down, sound engineering, all of it. Um, and then I was like, okay, great, now I need to learn the business of music. I don't necessarily want to be the artist in front of the camera, I want to be the person behind the camera, you know, um, producing. So I actually did a master's degree or took a master's degree in music business management at the University of West Westminster um, back in London, which is where I was born. And um, that was incredible. It gave me um, a lot of insight into music law, music finance, um, you know, all those different functions. And that was what got me into universal music. So I worked in the record industry with Universal for um, just under five years, mm -hmm. where I got my first dose of marketing, my first um, touch point with what it looks like to, to market a product. And for me at the time, the product were musicians, artists, bands, um, that we, we would sign and we would you know, essentially create them into this entity that would sell millions of records worldwide. Mm. Um, so I loved it. Uh, it was a bit of a rush for me. Never thought that I would ever do anything other than music. Um, but I randomly got a call from a friend of mine who uh, worked for a recruitment agency that serviced L'Oreal in the UK back in those times. Mm -hmm. And uh, she'd gotten a call from L'Oreal saying, we're looking for um, a new candidate for this specific role, this brand called Mazzani. Um, she needs to have, or she or he needs to have this question this, you know, these types of credentials or criteria. And for some reason, 
she thought of me. Like, as L'Oreal was speaking about this person, she was like, huh, I wonder if Tumi would be interested. So she did, she reached out and, um, you know, she's, it was, you know, she prefaced it by saying, look, I know you're a music girl. I know you love your life at L'Oreal, sorry, Universal, but I couldn't help but think about you for this role. Would you be interested? The long and short of it, because we have another, we've got more questions to get through, but the long and short of it is I was open to the opportunity and uh, sent her my CV or resume, as we say here in the US. And the rest was history. Within five days, um, I had met with seven different people within the organization at L'Oreal and um, was made an offer to move. Um, And I took it. I was scared about it because all I knew was music. I don't have a traditional marketing degree, didn't do an MBA. I didn't think I could do anything other than um, music. So um, I would say almost 10 years later, I'm still with L'Oreal and I am still with Mizani. Um, there's a reason why, of course. But um, yeah, that's, that's essentially my traje- trajectory. So um, I you know, worked on Mizani in the UK uh, for about five years and I am coming towards my fifth year actually here at uh, Mizani in the US, but now with a global role, if that makes sense. Right, right. I love your story so much because oh, there, there's so, yeah. it's so, um, there's so many themes embedded in it, right? So it's sort of charting a course that it's like, okay, music is my thing. I'm gonna immerse yeah. myself in this world, right? Yeah. And then sort of life hits you with a detour and opens up this opportunity that you hadn't thought of, hadn't planned for, but you were open, you were open to it. And that's, singularly all you really needed to take that step forward and be curious, right? And to explore the role. And, you know, years and years later, here you are. And it's just something that you never planned for. And I just love that because, you know, oftentimes when we're starting out in our career or we're building um, our path, we have this plan. It's like, okay, this is how it needs to be. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get degreed up. And this is what it's going to look like. And then life is like, oh, ho, ho. No, got other plans. For you. you thought you were going that way. Yeah, we're going to go this way now. Um, but I love that. And I think that's, you know, that openness to being a part of like how the, the journey opens up for you um, is part of like how we, yeah, how, do, how we grow, right? Really expect the yeah. we want out of our exactly. career. What I, I love about um, what you do now is the marketing piece. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, so when it comes to um, marketing and Um, advocating for ourselves right and putting ourselves out there and marketing when it comes to marketing ourselves right so so I'm sure that there's a lot of similarities when you're marketing a brand and you're marketing yourself right as a personal brand right can you speak a little bit to um, you know how do we start to kind of think of ourselves as a brand and to put ourselves out there and market ourselves in an impactful and effective way you know, it wasn't until more recently, I would say, Ariane, if I'm honest, that I started to think more about personal branding. Um, I am an introvert. I am um, very internal. Um, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about how to boost my, you know, how to PR myself. But I've ha- I have had to be told by um, a number of managers that that's something you have to do. You know, if you want to progress in your careers, like you have to. Um, elevate the conversation about yourself 
by PRing yourself so that whenever you're not in the room, the people you are in the room are, you know, your, your voice is being brought to the table without you even having to be there. And in order for you to be in a position or to get to a position like that, there's a lot of work that you have to do um, for yourself. So um, I think for me, I have more recently in the last, I don't know, three, four years, really kind of um, started reading a lot more about, you know, self-love, I guess, right? That's the biggest buzzword of the last <laughs> two to three years. I almost, I almost dislike saying it because it just sounds like a trend, but for want of a better word or phrase, that's where I'm going to go. I think everybody knows what I mean when I say self-love. Yeah. I think that until, um, and when I say self-love, I really mean, you know, who, who am I? You know, what are the things that I resonate with? What are my values? What are my morals? Um, how do I take myself away from my day-to-day -day job where I am, where I am marketing um, products? Right. And how do I kind of step back and figure out, like, what are the things that are, are important to me that I want um, people to know me for? And how do I take that step to, um, you know, building my brand story around those things? So my biggest advice for, for um, people out there and what and mentees can definitely expect from me, I hate to jump ahead, so I'm sure we're going to get to that, but um, it will be this whole um, conversation around um, self-worth, mm. self-love, mm. and um, dining into your own authenticity. Yes. Um, I think the time when I really started to delve into my authenticity was back in the UK. I want to say, gosh, I don't know, seven years ago, maybe when I decided to go natural um, with my hair. And, you know, for some people, it sounds very trivial. We don't get it. But there's a lot that goes on <laughs> mentally. Oh, yes. You know, when you present yourself in a certain way, and I used to always wear the long flowing weaves, makeup, you know, every single day. I'm wearing a little today for you, Ariadne, this is video, so I made an effort. But I don't on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and there was a time when I realized that I don't actually know what my natural hair looks like. Like it's always been relaxed. It's always been braided up or in a weave or something. And I work for the world's largest beauty company, specifically within textured hair. I can't walk the, I can't talk the talk if I can't, if I'm not walking the walk. So I made the choice to just um, do the big chop, cut it all off, start from the beginning. And um, more to educate myself, but also to educate the people around me. Because they saw me a specific way, treated me a specific way, probably because of the way that I, I looked. I, um, you know, was very tired of hearing, disappointed with hearing young women around me, cousins, young ladies who were, you know, trying to develop their professional skill set and their careers, who would come to me and say things like, to me, I've got a job interview next week. Um, should I be relaxing my hair for this interview? Should I be, should I get a wig? I'm really afraid that they will not accept me for this role because of my hair. Yeah. Um, that was a thing I was like this has to stop I can't keep walking around looking a certain way I need to present my natural self yeah. so with that comes confidence I think with that for me came confidence it, it gave me the um, um, interest and the intrigue and the motivation to um, stand up to 
to things that were important to me, which was owning my authentic self. I think when I started to do that more, um, naturally came this whole brand building exercise. You know, people started to see me as someone that was strong, that was confident, that, um, you know, didn't want to blend in with um, societal norms, for example. Um, it's not like I'm going around doing this. I'm absolutely not. You don't have to walk around doing that to be, you know, to be a confident individual. Um, but I just hope that the way that I present myself, I, I truly, I should say, I truly believe that the way that I have held myself and that the way that I kind of hold myself on a day-to-day -day basis has built my brand story in a way. And I hate to tie it back to looks. I work in beauty, so I do that a lot. Um, but it's more than that when it comes to women of color. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that so much because I think as um, I, I'm so glad that you brought that up, um, especially when it comes to how we present ourselves and being in our bodies and what it means to authentically own the attributes um, like our hair um, that make us who we are and to do that yeah. apologetically. And I a thousand percent agree when I went through that transition of going natural, it was for the same reasons of just wanting to get to know myself again my actual hair and what it yeah. does what does my curl pattern do who, who how do I now present myself in the world when I'm not relaxing it when it's not yes. up when it's not you know and exactly. so it was yeah so it was it was almost sort of like a, a reintroduction to self right and then also training the people around you to to see you like this is this is actually me I know you were used to that other version of me and that other version was also you too um, but there's there's, yeah, there's a more authentic version that is is truly myself and that's the thing that I want you to get to to know right yeah. actually communicating that to people and you know that kind of brings me to my next question um, especially for uh, for women of color and black women in the workplace right and navigating that landscape right navigating um, microaggressions and implied biases and and things that um, oftentimes happen in the workplace and you know and managing that and having sort of um, the responsibility right you know how much of it of it is our responsibility to train and teach other oh. people Right, you know, and addressing certain insensitive comments that that happen, and I think that this is the the landscape that we are in right now, you know, yeah. and so it's it is sort of a messy conversation around how to be my, more diverse and how to be more inclusive and be more representative, you know, yeah. in the workplace and things like that. But um, I'm wondering in in your um, experience, you know, as a woman of color in the office, you know, in the workplace, like what how do you learn to navigate, you know, that landscape and what has sort of um, worked for you? I feel so many ways about this question and I'm trying to think of the most concise way that I can deliver this communication. It's a loaded question for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, it is because, and you know, we follow each other on Instagram and I shared some weeks ago, you know, on my Instagram stories, this whole communication around, is it our job as women of color or people of color to talk about, to answer a lot of the questions that people who aren't of color um, have? Is it our job to educate them? Is it our job to, like, is it really? And I feel split on this one because 
in a way, I've gotten to a point where I read this book recently called um, Why I, gosh, I always get this title mixed up, so I'll have to text it to you afterwards if I mess it up right now, but it's something along the lines of why I don't talk, why I no longer talk to white people about race mm. by Rennie um, Edo Lodge, okay. she's a British um, black journalist. Incredible book, incredible book. So thought provoking and provocative in its title is incredible. Mm. And um, it really made me think that, yeah, like every time I get asked questions about, you know, you know, anything that is vaguely around our, our experience of women of color and, you know, questions that are posed in ways that, you know, if we choose not to answer them, doesn't mean that we have evaded an opportunity right. to make, you know, white people feel better about themselves, to feel more educated about our experience. Like, should we feel, should we feel that? Like, should we really have that ownership? What if I just don't feel like answering that question because I've answered it, answered it a thousand times? So there's, there's and I, you know, I'm trying to keep it short and sweet, but it, it's one of those things where I could literally have a whole, a whole I could speak about this for hours. But there is a level of education that needs to occur. Agreed. There is, there absolutely is. You know, I, what I would say is um, we have the choice and we should have the choice and the confidence to say, I'm not answering that today because I know where this is going to go. And then there are times where it's like, I need to educate you on this point right now, because if I don't, and you walk away thinking that what you just said was okay, you're going to say it again to the same person in the same way, maybe even worse, um, an hour later, tomorrow, a month from now, and you're not going to get a favorable response. So I am going to educate you on this point right now. So I will say that, yes, I do have instances when that has happened. Um, and, you know, when I say that has happened, it's, you know, a phrase has been um, communicated in a way that, yes, could be offensive. And perhaps, you know, someone like me who has thick skin didn't take offense to it, but somebody else in the room that doesn't, yeah. you know, that, you know, they've been alerted, you know, red flags are waving in their heads. Yeah. Um, I would like to take this chance to like, you know, on a brand like mine, you know, again, Mazani's for, you know, women who have textured hair and, you know, I work at L'Oreal and a lot of our executives don't have textured hair and they are men who are white, who don't live and breathe our experiences and what it means to braid our hair on vacation, why we do that and why I decide to wear my hair, um, you know, in a unit one day or natural like this or in a twist, whatever. Like they don't understand. It's not a case of, I want to rock a, you know, a new look to impress my coworkers one day. It's, it's, it could purely be because of convenience. You know, I'm going on vacation. I don't want to deal with this. So I'm going to put it in braids. Like there's a reason behind some of the choices we make. So um, I do take the opportunity on leading um, the marketing for a brand like Mizani to share with my senior leadership, you know, um, the insights behind who this consumer is. Um, because I think that that helps them ground themselves in some of the strategic decisions we make as a brand and as a business because ultimately we are a business and you know senior leadership will always have questions and they'll always pick apart you know our, our strategy um, which is their job to do but um, 
on a brand like ours, where we service women who look like us, right. um, because senior leadership don't look like us, mm-hmm. it is my job to put the data in front of them, to have them sit with consumers, to ask them the questions that will help senior leadership understand the decisions we've made as a brand. Um, that is absolutely a job that we, I do have to do. And um, yeah, of course, sometimes it can be a little draining, you know, because I feel like sometimes I've already, we've already addressed this, you know, we've already had this conversation, but they don't know what they don't know. You know, so absolutely um, education is, is paramount and, um, you know, you've got you've to gotta understand that without educating people who are in senior positions about our experiences, they just won't know. They won't know how to handle, they won't know how to communicate in certain ways, they won't know that, you know, certain phrases are actually, you know, trigger phrases, you know, shouldn't necessarily be said in certain ways. So, yeah. yeah. I a thousand percent agree. And, you know, to your point earlier about like, whose onus is it to, to educate? And sometimes, you know, we can opt out of that, you know, of that conversation is like, actually I'm not going there today. Um, And there are times where we are like, that's, I can't let that comment pass. You know, I have to you and you know not do it in a combative way but in a in an educational way exactly. okay let's yes. come to the table and, and have a conversation about why that comment you know was offensive and inappropriate you know and so I do think that there's um and this is we could save this for conversation part two because there's so yeah. much um you know embedded mm-hmm. in that but um but but it does get exhausting you know as people of color as women of color to to constantly have to have that conversation and do the heavy lifting um but we do need our allies and the the um the non-minorities to to also do their part and to ask the right questions and to ask what what is the experience like for you i don't know that is why you know we're having this conversation and it's messy you know there's no like blueprint yeah for how to have the conversation. So I think we have to, you know, go into it knowing that, you know, we're gonna, it's gonna feel messy and a little bit clunky, um, but that's how we get to the other side of this, you know? For all sakes and purposes, you know, it is an ongoing conversation, but um, definitely there's an education piece that that needs to happen for sure. So, um, which is why, you know, we need mentorship, we need partners, you know, to have these conversations with and to, to you know, to hold the, the, the space, right, to, um, to navigate the workplace and to, to have strategies and advice on like, how, how do I do this? How do I show up for this interview? How do I, you know, how do I go into the workplace and really represent my brand in a way that feels authentic to me? Um, so what, so having said that, what, piece of advice would you give someone coming into your field or coming into their career um, that was your best thing that you've learned that you now want to to share? Don't be afraid to own your corner, okay? And for me, like, your corner could be your stage. I, I don't mean to, you know, diminish it to a corner, but my point is, If you are passionate about something and it's that one thing, it doesn't have to be a million things because I think a lot of people think that they have to be famous for everything. Um, You know, whenever, let me take a step back. Whenever I hire um, young entrants as, you know, into to work within my team uh, and we have reviews and we discuss their career plans, you know, one of the points that I always bring up is, 
you know, think about what you want to be famous for. And, you know, by famous, I just mean like, what is it that you want to be known for in this company? What is it that you want to be known for as part of eventually your brand building, you know, the PR story around yourself? Like pick a thing, pick your corner. Um, and I say that because I grew up in a career um, where people wanted you to, want, and still do, want you to do tons of different things, okay? Like don't just box yourself in a, in a corner you know, like try working at that big brand or try, you know, working in a big team and, you know, get the big brand experience. I'm, I'm using that because that's very personal to me. Mm-hmm. I am not a big brand girl. Um, I know I work at L'Oreal, but L'Oreal is a massive major corporation. And within L'Oreal, you have a million different brands, okay? Large, medium, and small. And Mazzani is a small, beautiful gem of a brand. And mm-hmm. I have no issues being on a brand that is um, a niche brand because I see the potential of it. And I will only work for brands that I am passionate about where I am the consumer. Because mm. that's what works for me. I need to work somewhere. Um, I find, res- I resonate with, with roles and brands, I guess, that, you know, where I'm actually the consumer. So my biggest piece of advice is find the thing that you want to be famous for, champion it in your corner, don't be dissuaded by people who are telling you that you need to be doing more than just this. Mm-hmm. If this is the thing that you want to be known for, own it, mm-hmm. love it, embrace it, be passionate about it, find ways to communicate about it, mm-hmm. find ways where you become the expert and specialist in that. Right. Um, so that's where I'm going. That's where I've been mm-hmm. in a while. Um, you, I do hear people saying things like, oh, you're still on Mazzani. Like, what's next for you? Why does there need to be a next? Right. You know, why does there need to be a, a you know, and if there will be, I'm sure, when the time is right. But yeah. I am no longer being, um, what's, what's the word? I'm no longer using those voices to determine that I need to make a move. Right. Like, I found my corner. I am a specialist in my corner. Uh, people see me as a specialist in that corner and um, I'm happy to wave that flag. So that's my biggest piece of advice. Find what you want to be famous for, champion your corner and be the specialist that you want to be. Yeah, I love that so much. Really taking ownership of what the value is that you have to bring to the table. I love that. Yeah. Um, so I'm so excited that you're one of the mentors in the mentor circle. And me I too. Um, yeah, I think the mentees are going to get so much rich advice and experience from, from working with you. I'm so excited. I wanted to ask you, what would it be like, um, for those who are listening, for those who are, who are hearing your story, what would it be like for someone to work with you, with you as their mentor? What could they expect from you? I make them collaborative. Mm. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned to have to be, if I'm honest. I don't think I'm naturally collaborative because I'm, I've always, um, you know, I've always been the person that works great on her own, right? Like, I'm that introvert, put me here and I will sail. But one of the biggest things that I've learned with working with an incredible team, um, you know, on Mazzani, is work, like, finding right people to partner with, understanding what their strengths are, um, understanding where their challenges are, and vice versa, so we can lift each other together. That's what we do, and that's, that's how my team works. Um, we are an incredible team. 
Um, so I think that the mentees can find that value in our partnership. There will be partnership. Um, I love a conversation. So there will definitely be conversations that are um, not just about necessarily what it is they want to um, gain from our partnership and, you know, what they're hoping to get from, you know, a mentee-mentor relationship necessarily. But I want to know what's going on personally. Like, I, it's, not, it's not always going to be, all right, let's talk business. It's going to be, all right, what's going on personally? Because I find that... Um, kind of digging deeper into what's happening outside of the world of work and career are a ton of worms and, you know, things that actually lead to the things that we're going to be discussing on a more career-based level. So I just hope that people, uh, that the mentees will find that valuable um, because I think it's more about just getting to the crunch. It's more about, okay, let's, let's kind of peel back the onion a little bit and let's, let's find the root of the cause matter and figure it out together. Yeah. So partnership for sure. Yeah. And it is, it is about, it's not just career. It is life, right? Because they're all connected. How you do one thing is how yes. you do everything. And exactly. We want to live like holistic lives, not just be known for our career and professional identity, but who we are at home, who we are, you know, around friends and around our loved ones and as leaders, you know, in our spaces and in our communities and really sort of having um, the, the consistency across the board and like how you show up. So I love that. Yeah. And I think just to layer on top of that, like, you know, wellness is spirituality. That's, that's a whole thing, you know, and I'm, you know, exploring that myself. So, you know, I, I think that those will be, that's, that's another layer or another dimension that I think will probably end up being part of what we talk about because, you know, it, it all, it all kind of contributes to the identification of who I am and who that the mentee is and what is it that they're trying, how are they growing in that area of, you know, wellness? Like all of that's so important too. So yeah. I, value, I value that side of things as well. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for this conversation, Jimmy. I'm really glad that you are with your team and that our mentees will get to work with you and experience what it's like to, to really grow with you and be in partnership with you. Um, right. so to have you on the team. Thank you for the talk today. And for everyone listening, stay tuned for more and glad to have you join us. Until next time, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>